today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It uh, was a hectic 24 hours for U.S. President Donald Trump yesterday. First, Michael Flynn's sentencing was delayed. And boy, there's a story to that. Uh, Then news broke that the Trump Foundation was going to be shut down over allegations of illegality. Then it was revealed that the U.S. president actually did sign a letter of intent to build a a hotel tower, a business tower in Moscow, uh, despite denials by the president on a number of times and, of course, his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Joining us to talk about all of this is uh, Laura Babcock, uh, president of Power Group. What a day. Oh, my goodness. And you can tell how terribly bad a day it was for President Trump because he just unleashed a tweet storm. I'm just catching it up in the last two minutes, uh, calling the attorney general a sleazebag in New York and that the new one who's threatened to investigate him aggressively is uh, just a ranting and raving. So he is is now um, unleashing how he feels about his foundation being shut down. And if you look at what we heard yesterday, Bill, just in terms of all the things that the investigators the AG said to the, they basically said, we want the, sh- the foundation shut down under court supervision. We don't want the Trump family to be on a charitable board for a decade. It was essentially just a check cashing scheme. There was no... They were using it as an ATM. They'd never met as a board, not since 1999, one time or something. Uh, they were sort of flouting all the rules around charitable donations. I can't imagine how many civil lawsuits might just land on the Trump family over this. Uh, and because just imagine you gave money in good faith and he was just sort of repurposing it to buy stuff. And he, I think the, the kind of justification as well, as long as I was buying portraits of myself, <laughs> you know, it's okay. I mean, it is, it is just shameful. The level of illegalities happening with that so-called charity makes, I think, Trump University pale in comparison. So it was a it was a bad day. He has a tweet saying that he would never, ever settle the law, you know, any kind of action about the foundation because it was... Uh, but we know that's a lie. He settled well, everyone. Well, not only did he, he didn't have the option to settle here. He had to totally capitulate. Uh, and so he has capitulated on that. He's had to. And so you have that happening. And then you have, of course, what happened. The court yesterday was was something out of a movie. Just when I thought that the Russia thing might be getting tired or too complex, yesterday was like the final scene in, in A Few Good Men or something. It was unbelievable. Um, and so I think that, you know, quantity has its own quality. One by one, you can come up with some sort of rationale or some sort of, you know, reduction theory around why some of these cases, these 17 cases against him and and counting, uh, don't seem to matter. They're just this or that. They're petty. They're blah, blah. They're partisan. But all of them together creates its own quality, which is this is a president who is besieged. And as you and I talked about last time, people are, are comfortably referring to them now as the Trump crime family. They are comfortably using a mafia, you know, sort of frameworks to describe what's been going on. Uh, this is damaging not just to their brand, but civilly, federally, state um, lawsuits. I mean, I don't see them out of this out of this for 20 years. So many frustrations yesterday, though, mm-hmm. uh, and we we saw what happened in court with Michael Flynn, and we, we'll get into a little more detail about that with uh, with uh, Judge Sullivan. Uh, but one of the narratives, of course, that was going on, and this happened a couple of days before this, was uh, it was uh, Flynn's team, including the lawyers and including Trump himself, saying that uh, that Flynn was coerced into this, he was pressured into this, that he's not really guilty. Uh, and and Judge Sullivan actually addressed that while Flynn was under oath yesterday to guide him to answer this. But two hours later, Sarah Sanders is there in the White House saying the same narrative, despite the fact that there was sworn testimony that all that stuff was BS. 
I, I know, I know as, as, as a consultant, you're always saying stay on message. But when the message has been refuted, mm-hmm. they still do it and people buy it. I mean, the, the Fox News guys were going crazy about this yesterday. So a couple of things on that. Um, so Flynn had had 19 meetings with Mueller. He apparently flipped and rolled on Trump immediately uh, once he was fired back in January of 2016. So he's been giving some goods for two years, 19 interviews, etc. Uh, so Mueller had recommended that Flynn get no sentence, essentially, because he'd been so helpful. His lawyers made such a ridiculous mistake, and all I can guess at, because I'm guessing, uh, just from a communications point of view, the president wanted his base to like Flynn because he intended to pardon Flynn. And as long as Flynn is a martyr and a victim, that boat, you know, that boosts their victim narrative and their conspiracy narratives that this is all a big witch hunt, right? And so in order to feed, you know, the um, propaganda machine that is Fox primetime, not the day shows, guys like Shep and others have some, some integrity, mm-hmm. um, but in order to feed that narrative, they had to have some sort of sense that Flynn was still being victimized and Trump, therefore, victimized by Mueller. So Flynn's lawyers put out this ridiculous statement saying that he was tricked by the FBI. I mean, this is the guy who led intelligence in Iraq and Afghanistan, right? He is the guy who knew more about how intelligence collecting and and legal stuff works in the U.S. than almost anybody. There's no way he would be tricked by the FBI. It's not even within the realm of the laughable. But they needed to have something to promote that conspiracy of victimhood. So what did they do? The lawyers put out this statement. Trump went to town on it. All of the people uh, on Fox were saying, oh, you know what? The judge is going to throw the book at Mueller. This witch hunt is going to be revealed. Flynn was tricked. When they got into court, the judge is like, hello, excuse me. So I'm supposed to not give you a sentence or jail time, even though I've seen the redacted stuff here, which he said, could you have been charged with treason? Because he's seen the goods that we haven't seen, right? It's pretty mm-hmm. significant. Yeah. Um, and he said, and you're now, so are you either you think you're guilty of lying to the FBI or this lawyer's memo says that you were tricked, but it can't be both. Not in my court, right? I'm paraphrasing here. And then he said, you know, you've essentially sold out the country. You've betrayed everything that this flag represents, and I'm not going to promise you're not going to go to jail, right? And and they said that the atmosphere in the courtroom had been sort of a cocktail party until he said that. And then Flynn and his lawyers realized they were in deep trouble because it doesn't matter what Trump puts out there or Fox News says. The courts are the courts, and the judge has power. And he's like, I'm not buying any of it, and you can't have it both ways. It was interesting as, as he went on, and obviously Judge Sullivan was very candid in, in, in a number of his comments, uh, and even suggested that in, in a previous case, uh, David Petraeus, who's the former mm-hmm. head of the CIA and, and former joint of the, jo- of the head of the Joint Chief Staff, too, uh, he got zero, and he said, if that was my court, he would he'd be in jail. Right. So that kind of set the tone for the morning, didn't it? And he'd also gone after, so one of the things that a lot of the Fox pundits were saying was that this particular judge, a Reagan appointee, a Republican judge, you know. It's, and by the yeah. way, just on that point, isn't mm-hmm. that tragic? That, that there's a judge who's who's making a ruling, and you have to qualify that and say he's not a Democrat. Right. He was appointed by Reagan and reappointed by George well, they Bush. Well, they were using that as, to, as a cudgel. They were saying, you know what's going to happen? Uh, Mueller's team's going to get in front of this judge, and the judge is going to throw them out on their, you know, on their <laughs> butts and say, you know, you guys, this is prosecutorial, mis- you know, whatever. I'm not a lawyer. But basically, they were counting on the fact that this judge in the past has been tough on prosecutors. This was going to expose the entire witch hunt. This was going to prove 
prove the victimhood stuff. They were too cute by half with that memo. It obviously upset the judge. But again, on a substantive point of view, he saw what we didn't behind those big black redacted marker lines, right? And he saw it and thought, whoa, you have betrayed the country, right? So I think it was a shockwave to not only all of the the pundit class on the right to say whatever conspiracy you float out might actually backfire on your people when they get in front of the courts, but also a shockwave that said it doesn't, it actually is not just these tweets aren't just the ravings of a president. This, this stuff is not just, you know, for ratings. This stuff is actually being refuted and repudiated, and it is going to make everything worse for all of you who are in any way in part of any of these conspiracies, right? Or who are in any way part of the crimes. And so I think that when Sarah Sanders, to your point, got up, and tried to double down on what was not just a lie, but farcical after the evidence coming out of that judge's mouth. Uh, it was a sad moment. She was playing to an audience of one. And, um, I, you know, I think that's why MSNBC wouldn't even run the briefing that she was giving, because it was just beyond the pale. Well, and, and I'm hearing that more and more. The, some other commentators are suggesting the whole thing, that, that you know what, you're, you're enabling uh, the, this whole administration when you simply do that and give them the airtime. Well, it's like it, Baghdad which, Bob. It's like giving Baghdad Bob 20 minutes of air. Like, it's turning into that. Uh, you know, that it, it's so ridiculous, the spin. A, a federal judge just basically changed everything, and she's standing up there acting as though it didn't go the way that it went. It, and, and gaslighting is one thing, but that was just beyond the 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 message he left with Flynn, uh, and again, this is a guy you know, a three star general, and as you, you've talked about his bona fides, and then Sean Hannity reminds us about it every night that this mm-hmm. guy's an American hero, uh, which does not, by the way, give him a license to to break the law, which is exactly mm-hmm. what he's admitted to doing now, not even accused, but admitted to doing. But but Judge Sullivan essentially said, you come back and you better be able to show me why you shouldn't go to jail. Mm-hmm. In other words, you go talk to Mr. Mueller again and you better do something that's really going to change my mind. Because I think he left them with the inference that, look, at, if I'm going to sentence you today, you're going to jail. Right. And he said, I can't even promise you if you go away for 90 days and help more that I won't then. Because he said, you know, he pointed to the flag to this to this veteran, to this American hero prior to his connection with Trump, uh, he basically said, you betrayed that flag, everything it stood for. You know, so he, he, you know, your patriotic, even if you're not an American, your patriotic uh, hairs on your arms went up. It was a moment of, wow, someone speaking truth to this chaos, right? And so when when Flynn was apparently, there's that famous photo now of his chin down, like literally hanging in shame. And so he has got to go back and he has got to provide more. He has got to satisfy the judge that he's worthy of any kind of essential redemption, right, or forgiveness here. But the other thing that I thought was so important is if the, if the president is tweeting in the morning, good luck, buddy, in court, uh, the judge has a reasonable, probably thought that, hey, if I sentence him to something like a couple of weeks, he's going to get pardoned immediately. So why not leverage this guy, this guy who possibly, you know, was a traitor to our country? Let's leverage him even more and let's have him kind of crawl back and, and see whether or not he's really worthy. It was very powerful there, for, for, the, for justice. I know, I know you watched a lot of the coverage uh, mm-hmm. through the course of the day yesterday and a number of the, the former uh, federal prosecutors that were being interviewed by a number of different networks. Uh, which obviously they have knowledge of, of Judge Sullivan. He's been on the bench for quite some time. And they say what he did yesterday is not inconsistent with what he does. He has no tolerance at all for people that abuse high office. Right. And that's a wonderful message the world, allies around the world needed to hear, that whatever abuses we think are happening in this administration, 
there is an actual judicial check and balance branch that is doing its job. I mean, that was the takeaway. Whatever the 17 investigations are, whatever's going to happen to Trump and his family, and, you know, we're in this for 20 years, folks, this stuff's not going to go away anytime soon. You have the actual judicial branch, a federal judge, say, no, please, right? You you can't have it both ways. This stuff that you're saying is not congruous with with the plea you're making. And, And by the way, I don't have to do anything. I'm going to do what I think is right under the law. Not what Mueller wants, not what deal you have, not what powerful friends you have. You betray our country and commit these crimes. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And and that's amazing. And I think we all needed a reminder that the U.S. does have a, a robust a rule of law, right? And they're even questioning now that uh, memo from 2000 in the Justice Department about indicting a sitting president, because if it's shown that there were crimes that elected him, how can his presidency shield him from prosecution on those crimes? So I think they're in big trouble. Well, and, and I, I know the phrase closing in has been used more than once in the last couple of days, and I'm not so sure if that's the case. But them that we consider to be allies seem to be backing away. I mean, even John Roberts, who's the chief justice mm-hmm. of the Supreme Court, uh, when Trump tweeted a week or two ago about a Democratic judge, and he says, we do not have Democratic judges or Republican judges on the Supreme Court of the, of the United States of America. Uh, a, a really stiff rebuke to the president basically said, you will get justice here, people dedicated to this. Uh, and I think we saw an example of that here yesterday. So what message does this send? There are, there are others in that inner circle that may well be in front of a, a magistrate like this in the not-too-distant future. The message that it sends is that uh, this Trump train that's had all this momentum and all of this seeming support and, and almost infallibility or, or it was immune to anything that we, many people around the world thought would would be natural checks. They're breaking all these norms and, you know, everything has been for many, many people completely chaotic and confusing for the last three years. And I think what this sent a message of is that, no, no, there are some clear thinkers. There are some people who have checks on that kind of power. And if you are going to continue to be a part of this Trump train, you better understand that I think and this is my language, there's a tipping point that's been hit here. Uh, things are tipping the other direction now. We saw it in the midterms. We saw it with this judge. We've seen it with all the Mueller indictment, everything coming out. You are no longer on the winning side. You are no longer on the side that can just steamroll past everybody. If you're going to be on this side, you're going to potentially pay a heavy consequence. And I think that's why his chief of staff job, he can't still can't find a permanent chief of staff because who would want to be a part of that? They're no long, they no longer have momentum. The uh, the reality here is, is I know there are still some people that are looking at impeachment as the end game here, uh, and we've talked about that. That's never going to happen. I mean, the, the House might impeach him. They may bring articles mm-hmm. of impeachment. It's never going to pass the Senate. Mm-hmm. So that's not the element. But now there are some rumors around Washington, and I'm sure you've heard, about resignation. Well, it was floated out by um, Chris Matthews on CNBC, could be wishful thinking, but also Joe Scarborough, who actually knows the president, has suggested that uh, he's at some point going to make a calculation that says uh, how much of, how worth it is it for me to stay here. So if you think about it, the idea of shielding himself from prosecution because he's the president or he has power you know, to pardon, which in the Manafort case, etc., people might not testify, um, that doesn't apply to state. And if they seal indictments at the state level, it runs out the, you know, the statute of limitations. He's in deep trouble. So he either 
right now makes some sort of massive deal that satiates a whole bunch of people and starts to fight the civil litigation, or he continues to fight this, uh, do everything that he can, and possibly end up in, in serious jeopardy, him and his family and all his associates. I mean, it is just at that. You don't have to be a Trump hater or a Trump lover to understand that there are things happening that he cannot get out of. I don't think impeachment is the path. I think let justice be done. If not for him, he may still think he's above the law and still think he's he's untouchable. But it, his his three kids are on the on the radar now too. Well, absolutely. How could they not be? Just even in this foundation case, if you're on a board of a foundation, you have a fiduciary responsibility to not have these things happen. Right? I mean, like you can pick any of these cases. And because Trump was so insistent on melding his family, on not you know taking his business and putting it in a blind trust of continually keeping everything enmeshed, everything is enmeshed, and it, it's the fruit of his own tree. Laura Babcock, president of Power Group. More to come, as they say. Thanks for coming in today. My pleasure. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.